tonight we're starting a new series called Summer Playlist. And, and basically the idea behind this is in the summer you have a summer playlist. You have a playlist of songs. There are songs that, that help you to feel better when you're sad. There are songs that help you to feel sadder when you're sad and you want to feel that way. There are songs that make you happy. Songs you work to, you listen to to work out. Songs that, that you listen to just it, to, to drown out your parents or to drown out other people talking to you. And, and so you listen to those often, and over the course of time, you develop songs that just bring you comfort, bring you joy, bring you happiness, even bring you memories back. And so all of that is going into this. When you have a Bible reading plan, and now, I trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. When you have a Bible reading plan, anytime you look over it, you see uh, usually like Old Testament readings, New Testament readings, and then each one usually has a, an excerpt from Psalms and an excerpt from Proverbs. So in a way, Psalms and Proverbs are always in front of us, but they're also kind of taken for granted or not really thought of as quote-unquote real books like we think of everything else. But Psalms and Proverbs are so amazing and have so much wisdom in them. Uh, Psalms is essentially like David's prayer journal. Now, other people wrote some of the Psalms, but for David, he would uh, write a Psalm when he was upset, when he was upset with God, when he was happy, when he was excited, when he was worried, when he was scared when he was lonely all of these things he would just continually talk to God and it's how he prayed it's how he he let everyone know what he was feeling what he feels about God uh, Proverbs and this is a bad way to put it but Proverbs is kind of like biblical fortune cookies uh, you you have all of these amazing bits of wisdom just compiled by Solomon, who was the wisest person ever, even though he made dumb decisions later in his life. But, but if you look through Proverbs, it's very easy to read, and you will see all of these things telling us how to live, telling us good advice that, that works no matter your faith, uh, advice for dealing with people, advice for dealing with things, advice for just life. And so it's a really good thing. So in this series... We're going to talk about Psalms and Proverbs, and each week we're going to talk about different ones that, that can help us, different ones that should be on our quote-unquote summer playlist. And so I'm going to start with the most common ones, the, the most uh, well-known ones, and so that is Psalm 23, and so I'm going to read from this little by little. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Basically, we've all heard this at some point. Um, it's it's often used at funerals. It's it's something that we memorize. I know it in the King James Version because when I was a kid, I memorized it. It's a psalm that everybody knows at least a little bit of. And, and basically, this is one that David wrote. There's some question over when, but probably when he was on the run, when he was worried about his life, when he was feeling lonely, when Saul was out to get him, when things were just messed up. And so he's reminding himself who God is. He's also telling God that he trusts him. And he's also, in a way, asking for help. And that's why it's used so often, because it brings comfort. It reminds us that God is there. It reminds us that we're never alone. And so we're going to look at this part first. The Lord is my shepherd. We've talked about shepherds before. And shepherds were thought of as outcasts. They were lowly. They were the lowest of the low, and people didn't like them. People didn't trust them. People didn't think they were good, but they did their job. They took care of their flock. They did everything they could to take care of sheep. They would fight off predators. They would protect them. They would guide them. They put everything about the sheep ahead of their own lives because that was their livelihood. And so when David says, God, 
you are my shepherd. He's not insulting him at all. In fact, David understands it because in David's life, the youngest of the family was always shepherds. Now, some of you, if you're the youngest of the family, you know that things can kind of suck. So people will uh, look at you as the baby. People will give you all the hand-me-downs and they won't really let you have your own way ever or they'll let you have your own way too much and then your older sibling hates you. But it's, it's a time where you really never feel like yourself sometimes. And so David, in the midst of all of this, as being the youngest, uh, was also the shepherd. And so he had to protect his flock. He literally fought off lions and bears and other animals, other predators to protect his sheep, to make sure they were okay. He did that not for glory because people thought he sucked still. They, they thought he was an outcast, but he did it because that was what he was. And so when he calls the Lord my shepherd, he understands that more than most people. And it's because he knew that no matter what he went through, the Lord was there. He knew that no matter where he was, the Lord was there. And then he goes on, I have all that I need. That means a bunch of things. It means uh, to him, I have all that I need. Uh, He absolutely wanted more. He didn't want to be living in a cave. He didn't want to be on the run. He didn't want to be away from his friend. He didn't want to be worried for his life. He probably wanted to have some more money. He probably wanted to have better clothes. He probably wanted to have a different life. But he had what he needed. And so he's telling the Lord, hey, you know what? My life is not perfect. But as I look around, I have enough to eat. I have enough to drink. I am okay. I have what I need. I could always use more, but I have what I need. Thank you, Lord, for providing what I need. God will always make sure you have what you need. He will always make sure you have everything that you need. Not always everything you want. I would like to be a world-famous author with a Porsche 911 Turbo, and that would be amazing. It's probably not going to happen at this point, but I have what I need. I have a good life. I have a, a, a career that I love. I have a place to go, a place to sleep. I have a, a family, friends. I have a lot of things that I need, and that's all good. And so I, I'm thankful for that. For you, There are probably things you want. You want to get better grades, maybe. You want to make the team. You want a certain boy or girl. You want more money. All of those things are fine, and it's good to hope for them, and hopefully you will get what you want as long as it's what you need. But what you need is what's more important. And so that is what David is saying. I have all that I need. But he is also saying, Lord, I'm going to try to only want what I need. And that's a hard thing. But he's saying, I'm going to try to let my desires change because you have changed me, because you are with me, because you help me, because you love me. And I'm going to try. And then he says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Basically, that is like how you you lead the flock of sheep to eat and to rest because sheep are stupid and they don't really know what they need. They don't really know what's best for them. They will just go and do whatever. And so David is saying, I don't always know what's best for me. Sometimes people are stupid. And so you help me to know when it's time to rest. You help me to know when it's time to stop. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, someone, I don't remember who, preached about this. And I I talked about the, the need for a rest, the need to take a break. In your life, You've got a lot of stuff going on, and if you are constantly going to practice and and doing homework and going to, to out with friends and just working and doing all of this stuff, eventually there's going to be a breaking point. Now, this does not mean don't do what your parents say. It does not mean stop doing homework. It does not mean stop practicing. It means you have to take time for yourself, and the Lord helps you to know when that time is, and that's what David is saying here. He's saying that he gives him peace even when there is no peace. He gives him rest even when there is no rest because he is there. He guides me along right right, right paths, bringing honor to his name. We all want to go our own way. We all want to 
uh, exercise our free will at all times. Sometimes because someone tells us something else. Sometimes because we truly think it is best. But regardless, God helps us to know what is best. He helps us to know which path to take. And that is what David is saying here. And at this point, like I said, David's path was very different from what it would be. It was very different from what he wanted. It was very different from what it had been. But he was still trusting God. And in this... It's not just that David is like, oh, man, I'm so happy that I'm on the run. I'm so happy that I'm scared. I'm so happy that I'm alone. I'm so happy that this is my life. Thank you, God, for making this my life. He's not saying that. He is telling God, thank you, and he means it. But he's also kind of saying it out loud, writing it, quote, unquote, to remind himself, to help himself to know God is here. I have to remember that. Sometimes you have to remind yourself what you have. It's good to sit down and write out or think out or talk out whatever you do it's good to sit down and remind yourself what you have because we all have more than we realize even if you don't have very much at all and so to remember that God is in that the next part even when I walk through the darkest valley I will not be afraid for you are close beside me your rod and your staff protect and comfort me uh at this, most people know it more of even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which sounds a little bit darker. But basically a valley is is like this area through uh, like through two mountains or through a forest, something where there's a big tall things on each side and you can't really see where you're going. You can't really see what is around you. You just have that path right in front of you. And so it's scary, especially for David, who is, again, not sure where his enemies are coming from, not sure what his life is going to look like. And so he's saying, even when things are dark, even when things are, are, are the worst they can be, even when I've failed a test, even when I've messed up, even when I've made a bad decision, even when I've been dumped, even when things are just awful, you are there and you help me. That does not mean that those things should bring you joy. It does not mean that you should be happy all the time. That is not what I'm saying. But it means that even in your darkest times, God is there. Even when it seems like everybody is against you, like everything is just cropping up around you, God is there. And he says, I will not be afraid because you are close with me. Uh, that, again, does not mean that he never feels fear. It means that he will not let himself give in to that. One of the things that I've said a lot is bravery only comes when you feel fear. If you just walk around all the time and nothing ever scares you, you never worry about anything, you're probably crazy. But when you feel that fear, when you feel that worry, when you feel that anxiety, when you feel that concern, if you still keep going and doing what is right, if you still continue to be who you are, if you continue to not let those things stop you, then that is bravery. That is true courage. That is being who you should be in the Lord. And so that's what David's saying. And he talks about his rod and his staff protecting him. Uh, for a shepherd, they had like this staff thing, like a wizard staff, like like Gandalf more than Harry Potter, but but a staff. And so basically, if there was a predator or something that was annoying to them, that was going to bother the sheep, you'd take it and whack it. And I wish I had one right now so that I could, you know, show you what that's like. And I'm mostly joking. But he would take it and whack it. But it also, when he was guiding the sheep, he would hold it or point it or, or to, to let them know where to go or when to stop, when to go, all of these things. And, uh, and that is what God does. He lets us know. He helps us to be protected, and he also helps us to know when to go, when to stand, when to sit, when all of these things. Now, that does not mean that he takes away our free will because he does not. You always have a choice, but he helps you, guides you, protects you. Uh, last part of Psalm 23, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. 
you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies basically means that sometimes people are going to be around you that you don't like. Sometimes there are going to be people around you that you don't agree with. Sometimes there are going to be people around you that don't like you. Um, but what this says is David saying, hey, I have enemies and I don't like everybody and not everybody likes me. But even in those moments, you are there and you help me to be a better person. You help me to not be a jerk. You see, when you're surrounded by people that you disagree with, by people that you don't like, by people that don't like you, you basically always have two choices. You can make it worse and be a jerk right back, be just like them and make everything just exponentially worse. Or you can be who you are and you can be as good as you can be. Now listen, if you are in a situation where you're being bullied or abused or hurt, then that is not something to sit and take. Please tell me, tell the adults, tell your parents. Those things are important. But I'm saying like at school, you're not going to agree with people. When you're an adult and you're at work, you're not always going to like everybody that you work with. That's how life works. But God will be there and he prepares a table for you so that you can sit and know that he is there. Know that you at least have him on your side, which is more than anything. And then <clears throat> when it talks about anointing my head with oil, um, there is a, a thing that we do in churches where if someone is really sick or someone is really worried about someone else's uh, health or sickness usually, uh, sometimes they're just their life, something they're going through that's severe, uh, they will request an anointing. And so you take oil and you pray over them uh, by anointing their head with that oil and you pray and, and, and it's just kind of a deep, uh, serious thing where you're truly going to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and you're truly trying to intercede in their life with prayer. A and it's something that's very special and very important. And so he is saying, even when I'm sick, you anoint me. Even when I'm hurt, you anoint me. Even when I'm worried, you are there anointing me, and you're always there. It's just like somebody truly caring, because you do more than anything. And that's amazing. It's wonderful. And then he says that his cup overflows with blessings. There are probably, I guarantee there are times where he doesn't really think that is true. Not that he's lying because he's not, but where he's reminding himself, okay, I can't see all of my blessings right now, but I know they're there. And so he thinks about it. Sometimes you have to stop and think about what your blessings are because they are there. There are absolutely times in your life that are dark and hurtful and it sucks. And I'm not going to say that those times are joyful and they should be. But try to look at what is good and continue going that way. Ask for help. Don't be afraid. Don't hold yourself uh, against everyone else. Seek someone out. Christian friends, Christian acquaintances, uh, your parents, me, somebody who will be there to listen, to help you. And God is always there because his goodness and his unfailing love always follow us. And that is so important because unfailing love means it never fails. It means there is nothing that you've ever done in your entire life that caused him not to love you even for a moment. There's nothing you will ever do in your entire life that causes him not to love you even for a moment. Uh, even if you're not a Christian, even if you do the wrong thing. Now, I encourage you to to not do that, to do the right thing, to follow him. But even if you go a different path, the wrong path, he will still love you. Now, you still have to make the decision to come back, but he will always love you. He will always accept you. And that's so amazing because it's unconditional love no matter what happens. And it is unfailing. And so as long as you recognize that, as long as you live for him, you will always be with him. And no matter what, he will always be with you. And then from that, we go to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which used to be the caravan motto, which is just something we did in the Nazarene church, uh, similar to scouts, but uh, also similar to confirmation, like all of these different things. And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. 
Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Uh, the first part's really easy to understand. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means you trust him above everything. He's your top priority. He is everything. He is your number one. You look to him first. You pray to him first. You ask him for help first, and that's what we all understand. But then it gets a little harder with do not depend on your own understanding. Everyone thinks they know everything. Uh, you think that you know everything. You think when you talk to your parents, to your teachers, that you are always right. Your teachers, your parents, they think they're always right. I think I'm always right, and I mostly am, but that's a different story. Um, everybody thinks that their opinion is the best. Everybody thinks that their understanding is the best. But here it's saying, hey, sometimes you're mistaken. So depend on the Lord's understanding, not your own. Depend on looking to the Lord for help, for aid, for direction, not on yourself, because sometimes emotions will cloud your judgment. Sometimes peer pressure will cloud your judgment. Sometimes dangers around you will cloud your judgment. Sometimes just random things that you're not even thinking of right now will cloud your judgment. But depend on the Lord's understanding. Look to him, pray to him, read the Bible. Uh, one of the things that I've said a lot is we often mistake what reading the Bible is, especially when you're a new Christian. You look at it like a Harry Potter book where it's like, okay, start at page one and keep going. Well, around the time you get to Leviticus, that's going to be super hard, and it's going to be confusing, and it's going to be like, wait, dead bodies, bacon? What's this even about? And so it's a crazy part. Now, it's important, and it gives us the history, and it's something that you can understand in time. But especially when you're first starting out, you don't want to just read straight through because it's not a book in that means. Now, there are several places that are like stories where you can read Genesis straight through and it's amazing. The gospel straight through. There's a lot of parts of the Bible like that. But what I encourage people to do is just to read it, like just to open it up, read some of the Proverbs, read Psalms, read things like this where you're just having the word of God in your life and it will help you. You will be surprised how often it comes back to you. And so all of those things are, are, are important, and that's what it means to depend on God's understanding instead of your own. You're looking for his word. You're filling your life with it. You're seeking his will in all that you do. Uh, that does not mean you don't have free will. It does not mean you never get to do what you want. Uh, one of the things that comes up a lot is college, and people worry, is this the right college? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to go to the military? Am I supposed to get this job? There is probably more than one right answer to those questions. And by that, I mean, as long as you are seeking his will, you are seeking his will. So I'm not going to say that one college is absolutely the right way and one college is not, unless you're talking IU Purdue and then IU is always right. But I'm not going to say that, like, if you're like, oh, I don't know if I should go to Ohio State or Cincinnati. If you are truly seeking his will. And you're like, okay, this is what the course for my life is, and this is what I think that I'm gifted in, and what I think my career is, and I'm going to continue to follow him, then you will be okay. Uh, for me, I've told you before, I was first called into the ministry when I was a senior in college, and I didn't understand it, and I was scared of it, and so I ran away from it, and so I continued school, and and. I, I still am back here today. He still didn't give up on me because I didn't give up on him. I kept looking to him. I kept seeking his will, even though I didn't understand it, even though I, I was confused, even though all of those things, I continued to seek his will in, in what I did, and I continued to try. And like I said, over the course of my life, I came back to this calling, and, and it became my life. And there are times where that will happen to you, maybe, where you don't take the right path. You take a wrong turn, and you don't realize it, or you do, and you, you regret it, and so you come back. There will always be a way back as long as you are seeking his will, as long as you are trying, as long as you are depending on him. Failing is not the end as long as you admit that you can do better, as long as you admit that he is there. And so 
uh, it may be more expensive. Like you may have graduate school bills that, that are really high, but, but you will still be able to find your way back to him as long as you are seeking it. And your, ma- your will matters, like your choices matter, but he will help you to make the right choices. Now, this isn't on everything. Like, I- if you're like, what if I choose the wrong toothpaste? Like, that's not a big deal. Uh, make your own choices. I'm talking like with life's important decisions, with moral things, everything. A- and I would love to say that it's super obvious when we're making all of these choices. I would love to say that there's just a list of this is always right, this is always wrong, this is always black, this is always white. For the most part, that's not how it works. Now, there are absolutely things that are sins. There are absolutely things that are wrong. There are absolutely things that are good. There are absolutely things that, that are, are, are of God and that aren't. But in your life, in your day-to-day life, in, in what you do for a job and all of these things, it can be hard to figure it out. And so you just continue to seek him. You continue to seek his will. You continue to, to ask other Christians for advice and have friends in your life who are Christian and who are willing to tell you you're stupid, willing to tell you no, willing to tell you yes. Like all of these things matter. Shockingly, gasp, talk to your parents uh, because they do care about you. And, and no matter what, as long as you are seeking him, he will show you which path to take. It will be difficult, and it will feel very stressful sometimes, but he will show you if you are seeking, and it will be in different ways. Sometimes uh, it would be nice if you just drop a sign down that says, go that way, and sometimes things like that will happen, like it will be very obvious, but most of the time it's going to be kind of a question, and you're going to have to figure it out, and you're going to have to pray, but the more you pray, the more you read his word, the more you're around him, the more you surround yourself with his witness, with who he is, then the more you will, will be able to understand and follow him and nobody gets it all the time but you continue to seek you continue to try you continue to be like him and you will find that you learn more and more all of you are at different stages in your life some of you are just about to start middle school and it's like man I'm going to be the youngest in 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 this whole school and it's scary it's not elementary school and and I know Ohio schools are weird because you have freshman buildings and they should be in high school and all this stuff but whatever Uh, and, and so it's like it's a new situation and it's scary. And some of you are like, well, man, I'm about to go to the high school and that's scary. Some of you are like, man, I'm about to leave the high school and start life and I don't know what to do. All of those things are valid. And when you're an adult, there will still be momentous days like that, momentous decisions, momentous life changes. But you continue to seek him. And it's important because if you depend on your own understanding all the time, then your worldview is going to be very small. Uh, everybody here knows kids at some point in your life, you know, little kids, little kids are stupid. Now, I don't mean that in a negative, bad way, but I'm saying little kids are stupid. If little kids got to do everything they wanted all the time, their lives would be a wreck, to say the least. So they would eat ice cream for dinner, for breakfast, for lunch. They would never sleep. They would never do homework. They would never do anything. And for some of you, you're like, that sounds great. But after like a week, you're not going to be alive anymore because that's not how life works. And, And we all kind of have those things where it's like, if I could just get everything that I want, then I'd be okay, but you wouldn't be. Because sometimes we need somebody to say no. We need something to be hard so that we can learn. And so that is part of looking for the right path. That is why Psalms and Proverbs are so important. And Psalm 23, even though it's so common, that doesn't take away its power. Uh, Because it's David saying, God, I need a friend right now. I don't know what my life is going to be. Please help me and let me praise you. Let me talk to you. So talk to God like your best friend because he is. Talk to him all the time because he is always there. And let him direct your paths no matter how hard. But no matter what, do not give up. And remember that he always loves you no matter what. And so just continue.
Continue to seek him. Continue to seek him in all you do and you will be okay. And that is all I got.